We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? Right then Eamon. Hello. We're back. Yay. <laughs> Pretty good. Do you think everyone is glad that we're back? <laughs> I think they are now. They are now. They heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like, it does feel like I haven't seen you for a while. It's been a long old time. It's been... Like two weeks. A week, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're demons. <laughs> the last part, the past week, I've just been staring at my phone, waiting for you to ring. It's like, oh, where is he? Where is he? No. I won't ring you because that would be me. So it's it's about you ringing me. And what I'll do is, as soon as it starts ringing, then I'll hang out. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, I tried. Yeah. So I I get the missed call, but there's no chance of me picking up. I remember in a job I used to do. Like a long time ago, it's like, I think it was like some sort of admin tempy kind of role. Yeah. I had to make lots of phone calls and I hate making phone calls. What I would do is I would call their number on one phone, wait until it connected, then quickly call the number on from another phone. So you're calling the same number from two different phones. I would then hang up the first phone, knowing yes. full well that the second phone would put me through to voicemail. <laughs> so I could leave a voice message and then tell my boss... Well, I tried calling, it couldn't get through, so I've left a message and um, we'll see what happens. It's the yeah. greatest thing you've ever done. Yeah, I did, used to do it all the time. I, I once worked briefly for a, a company where we had to phone people up and try and sell alarm systems. I quickly realised I wasn't cut out for sales <laughs> because in, in one evening of doing it, I sold none mm. and another chap sold 17. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought, hmm. Maybe this isn't right for me. What was your pitch like? Um, hello, hi. <laughs> oh, do you mind? Oh, like I, I was too. I felt guilty immediately for calling. Oh, them. Just yeah, I'd hate that. Yeah. I hate those jobs. Yeah. Whereas this other guy, he was an Irish guy, and he had mm. a he had a beautiful Irish voice. Mm -hmm. yeah, I know that um, wasn't an just, Irish accent, you just did. No, yeah. I'm not going to do it because it wouldn't sound beautiful. <laughs> he, he had a beautiful Irish <laughs> voice like that. No, it doesn't work. I once got a student job selling timeshares and I lasted yeah. an hour and a half. And then I walked out. <laughs> it's, just, it's not for us. Yet here we are hmm. talking for fun. Well, this is essentially a sales job, isn't it? We're trying to get people to, to listen to us. We are, yeah. But, uh, and failing miserably. Well, yeah, if you look at our track record, zero alarm systems and uh, <laughs> one and a half hours of timeshares. Yeah, here we are. It's all good. Um, yeah, good. So, uh, hello. Welcome back. Mm. Uh, watching films on the toilet. Like, I'll do it like uh, I'll do it like a Siri. Should I do it like a Siri? Okay. Do that? Yeah, yeah. Let's give it a go. Let's mm. see. Uh, so, hello and welcome to watching films on the toilet. These two dads can't watch violent movies with their kids, so they watch them on the toilet instead. That work? I have no idea what Siri sounds like, so I'm going to assume that was brilliant. I'm going with that. Yeah. Or like, you know, one of the Googles or whatever. Mm. Google, are you listening to me taking a shit? No. <laughs> well, I was, but not anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what are we talking about this week? Talking about uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Ooh, ooh. Uh, an 80s classic. John Carpenter. 
Kurt Russell's. Mm -hmm. This is the second Kurt Russell film we've reviewed after uh, Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash. That's the emphasis is on the and in that film. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. What would it, what else would it be? I quite like Tango and Cash. That's <laughs> this summer Tango and Cash. <laughs> what? That does sound better. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. We had any correspondence since last spook? Yes. <clears throat> Dear, watching films on the toilet. James Cameron here. <laughs> remember me from the beefs we had in seasons one and two we're calling them seasons now okay oh are we all right i thought it was high time to get in touch again to reignite our war of words basically for the publicity not for your publicity you're riding high with a sweet 73.5 listens per episode but publicity <laughs> for me you see, the new Avatar sequel is coming out soon, and I need all the exposure I can get. Between you, me, and your 73.5 listeners, the new film is absolute house. I basically wasn't paying attention, and I let John Landau, my portly producer, who always sounds like he's reading from an autocue, call all the shots. I was trying to beat my high score on Temple Run 2. So instead of directing Zoe Salander and Sigourney Weaver, I was focused on outrunning a big monster and collecting lots of different hats. <laughs> I usually back myself on anything I've done, but this time I'm not so sure. John Landau, my portly producer, says the film is in great shape in that weird stilted way he has of talking. <laughs> At least I think that's what he said. I was experiencing an adrenaline high after collecting five green diamonds on the same course in Temple Run 2. Anyway, bring it on, <laughs> shitbags. Yours, JC. <laughs> there we go, James oh, Cameron JC, there. JC, Jimmy mm. Cam. Oh, dear. Grab a bit of uh, humility there from James Cameron. I mean, honestly, it's not a big surprise. Nah. And you know what, interestingly, if you take the very first letter of every line going down the email, yeah. it says, I eat dogs and cats. <laughs> so he snuck that in there as well a little like un like guns and roses yeah he didn't have yeah. space to do and so he did dogs and, and cats dogs and cats All right. yeah <laughs> so anyway there we go James Cameron brilliant we can chat about him some more keep that Terrific. that one going what about you James 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 okay well yeah I've had a letter yeah. uh, interesting one so I will read it mm -hmm. okay here we go dear Eamon oh. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now and although I was born in the south of England, I found your disrespectful comments about the north to be deeply offensive. Oh. I thought us English were all one big happy family. Recently, though, I've come to realise that everything you said was true. Hmm. I was reading a copy of The Guardian whilst drinking my morning cup of coffee when I stumbled across an article about this year's winner of Best Joke at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. The joke from part-time care worker Masai Graham was, I tried to steal spaghetti from the shop, but the female guard saw me and I couldn't get pasta. I read the joke again, thinking I'd missed a key word or some punctuation, but I hadn't. Mm. That was the joke. Pasta, I thought. Was it funny that he tried to steal spaghetti? Was this some kind of social commentary about carers who couldn't afford to buy food, so had to resort to stealing? I couldn't get pasta. I knew there was something there, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. Was it something to do with the guard being female? Pasta. I had to go to work, but I spent the rest of the day mulling it over my head. I couldn't get pasta. 
It wasn't until that evening when I was on the bus home, wondering if I'd suffered some kind of brain damage that was affecting my comprehension, that I heard a northern woman discussing the nice warm bath she was going to take that evening. Then it all fell into place. I couldn't get past her. Instead of feeling a sense of relief that I'd cracked this dialectic code, I felt furious. In conclusion, the North-South divide is very much alive and well, and I'm sorry I ever doubted you, Eamon. Yeah. Yours sincerely, Leonard Southman. <laughs> that sounds like a, a real person. Yeah. Thanks, Leonard. And for anyone who, who may be thinking, uh, that was a, a, a weirdly tame joke for Ben to have made up, or, sorry, <laughs> Leonard to have made up. Yeah. That was real. Yeah. That was what that was that the was winning real. joke at the Edinburgh Festival. I I look it up. Absolutely incredulous. That's yeah. like a fucking cracker joke. How how did yeah. that win? Yeah. 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 That's true. I can, that, that actually won. I can only imagine it's some kind of positive discrimination thing for the northerners. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. Well you've you've really doubled down on Lena's letter, so yeah. I'm glad. Fuck the North. That's good. <laughs> Hope Thanks, you, Leonard. Hope you're listening. Yeah. Excellent. We got any toilet news this week? A little. Excellent. A little. A little bit. Just a little bit. You want some toilet news? Let's have a little taste. No, no, no. Salt them a little bit. Yeah, a little out of order yourself. Right. <clears throat> it was the uh, was the hoof. <laughs> Newport teenager locked old lady in disabled toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's already good, isn't it? Already gold. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh dear. Okay. Oh dear. Uh, a teenager has been fined after she appeared in court for locking an old lady <laughs> in a disabled <laughs> toilet and abusing a police officer. Whoa. Tia Dore, 19 from Newport, admitted committing offence in the city on well, August the 6th under the Antisocial yeah. Behaviour Crime and Policing Act. Uh, I mean, it's quite mean, mm. um, but but it, it's, it's undoubtedly funny. Any more? details or no it's a really okay. short story and and i'm aware it's not really one that we can riff upon but i just no. really like the idea do you know what i like i like the uh, get up and go that teodor yeah. had okay punching a constable not funny maybe, maybe a little funny where did she punch the constable because it could be funny this dick <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. It does say, yes, yeah, sorry, I missed out a bit. It does say, in brackets, it says, uh, Teodor punched a constable in brackets in his dick. Straight in the Straight in his dick. <laughs> oh, no, it, says, <laughs> it says on the end of his dick. It's <laughs> funny. That yeah, funny. it is funny. That it? wouldn't, that would, I think that would make the jury laugh. I mean, that is probably the funniest place to punch someone. Yeah. Um, bum. It's funny punching someone on the bum. Up the bum. Up the bum. <laughs> yeah. Right in the middle. Right up. <laughs> yeah. He's, that's definitely the funniest place. Punched him in the back does sound funny. Punched him in the back okay. Punched, punched him on the ear? Nah. Yeah, but no, that hurts being punched. I mean, that would hurt. The other one. <laughs> yeah, I think the other one would hurt as well. All right, cool. That's it Good. for toilet news. Lovely. All right, so. Sue, Sue, Sue. Big trouble. Big trouble in little Jaina. That's a good impression. I like that. It's, a, it's how we'd say it, isn't it? How did you watch Big Trouble in Little China? On the toilet. And uh, it took me five sittings. What about you? 
I had planned to watch this. Uh, I went to went to, to Disneyland Paris, my family, nice. and I planned to watch it on the flight back. But my flight back was cancelled. I had to go to a hotel, which mm. was in a sort of industrial estate near the airport. And we were all quite miserable. And when my children were asleep, I sat in the bathroom of the hotel room and watched it. So my plan to join, join the Mile High Watching Club. Not a thing. Didn't work. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that was where I watched it. So it was a pretty <laughs> miserable experience. But uh, yeah, I watched it. Good. Well, that means we can talk about it. It's quite a miserable story, isn't it? Mm. What did you drink for the film? A bottle of shouting wine. Shouting wine? Is that what I was saying right? Shouts, shouting wine? I think it's a bit like, supposed to be a bit like sherry. Is it Chinese? Yes. Good job. So how, how long did the wine last? One minute and 12 seconds. One minute and 12 seconds. Okay, I'd say that's more than enough. Okay, we'll see about that. Right. Okay. Not yet. Now. So, Kurt Russell is a charming jerk. He drives a truck and likes to gamble. To make sure his mate Wang pays up after he loses a bet, Kurt Russell accompanies him to an airport where he's meeting his fiancée. Unfortunately, a street gang known as the Lords of Death kidnap her. Quite honestly, from that point on, I had no idea what was going on, and I still don't. There are some guys with hats and superpowers, an old glowing dude, and a monster that couldn't close its mouth. And in the end, Kurt Russell drives off in his truck and the monster was on the back of it. The end. <laughs> 35 seconds there. I mean, yeah. you, I've never seen you give up quite so easily on the, uh, the storytelling side of things. Honestly, I didn't know where to go with this. It's so... I, pfft, there's like four gangs. Mm. There's some magic guys that aren't... I'm completely lost the story. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was in the wrong frame of mind, but it lost me. Did you keep up? Well, so this is interesting because we were due to record this a few weeks back, yeah. but because you got delayed in Paris, we weren't able to, to record it at the, the time we were going. That's right. So it's quite distant in my mind. Yes. Now. But I have a reasonable, a reasonable handle on it. Okay. James Hong, he's a great actor. You might remember him from, uh, Wayne's World. Yes. He's uh, his girlfriend's dad. He's really good. He's a really funny bloke. Yeah. Um, he plays David Lopan, yes. who's uh, a really, really old man. Yes. And I think he needs to basically sacrifice a lady with green eyes uh, in order to get his youth back. That's and right. And that's why the guy's wife is to be a kidnapped. She has green eyes. Wasn't and that then, one of the um, sort of prerequisites for you finding a wife? She had to have green eyes. I remember you saying that. She, she's got to have green eyes. Um, she had to have... Um, I mean, you've, you've put me in a uh, improvisational cul-de-sac here, Ben. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do with this? I love these. It's like the, uh, the writers of Breaking Bad. They would just purposely <laughs> write themselves into a corner and then have to get out of it. Get out of it, though, with a group of talented writers over the course of a few weeks rather than and I guess their, me. their relationship with their wife wasn't at stake. Yeah. But you now need to get out of it. So where are you going to go, Eamon? Where are you going to go? Um, 
God, hang on. So she had to. What colour are your wife's eyes? So, well, she has hazel eyes, mm. so they're kind so of. So what? What went wrong with uh, with that? Because that's what you wanted. So well, actually, hazel eyes are have a bit of green, so they're green around the outside, and then they transition to brown. Okay. You so don't even know the colour of of your wife's eyes. They're, they're black. They're not Ben. They're completely black. They're blue. What? No, they're not. She's got blue eyes. She got black eyes. No, no. When, when people talk about eye colour, they don't not doing the pupil. That's not the bit they're talking about. The little bit in the middle, it's black. Yeah, yeah, no, but everyone has that. But when we talk about eye colour, we talk about a bit around the outside. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah, well, see, that's the best I could do, so thanks. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, go on, keep talking about the story, because I can't be bothered. Okay, well, you know, if any other great opportunities for uh, improv <laughs> come up, then... I just know. do it, you do that to me all the time, so I'm not allowed to do it. Is that it? I'm... Oh, I no, would, no. I would... no, you can't say a thing. <laughs> no, you can't do it. That's, that's like your MO. That's what you do. Yeah, but I always do it in a way that you... I'm basically saying that you've done something terrible. Yeah. And then you have to get out of it. Well, Whereas you didn't even give me that. You didn't even give me that. Well, turns out, what about your wife's eye colour? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Usually, I, whenever it's like you, I'm just like, uh, oh, I remember that time you uh, did a load of heroin and then like yeah. killed a prostitute. Yeah. And then you have to go like... Oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> that wasn't me. Well, that's how you sound. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you well, sound like wasn't me. Goofy. Oh, do you remember yeah. when Goofy killed a prostitute? That was heartbreaking. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> oh, oh, Goofy. In defence, Goofy is quite funny. And he is Goofy, so I can imagine it was an accident. Anyway. Um... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... The eye colour thing is the motivating, inciting incident for the kidnapping. And yeah, then... I mean, the story is very odd. Like, I'm not entirely sure why anyone becomes involved with the mission to get this fiancé back. Like, Jack Burton, he goes there because his mate, he's lost some money. Um, yeah. Or he's won some money. And he just hangs around <clears throat> the whole time. Like, he doesn't need to. He could just go. The money is not worth that much, is it, really? No, again, I, Tango and Cash, not a very good film. Sorry, but, Tango and Cash. Sorry, Tango and Cash. Yeah. I gave that a pass, basically, because Kurt Russell is so charismatic. Yeah. But he, even that charisma can't carry this film. He is definitely the best thing about it. Yeah. I struggle with him a bit in uh, Tango and Cash, mm. but in this, I enjoyed him. I like the fact that he wasn't... a. Uh, afraid to make a fool of himself. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And be a bit silly. You compare him to, like, the Vin Diesels of this world. Yeah. Who have to get the same amount of punches in as The Rock does. Yeah, it's uh, you know, <laughs> family! Mm. Whereas Kurt Russell, he don't care. And what a massive difference that, that makes to, to his on-screen sort of presence. Yeah. If you saw a man that was magic, mm. like had lightning powers or... Would you, would you punch him in the face to get away? In fact, not even get get away. Would you just go and punch him in the face? But interestingly, when we were on uh, holiday, there was, um, mm. as part of the children's entertainment, there was uh, a man doing uh, close-up magic. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, I told him, I don't care for this. Yeah. I think this is a cheap art. Good. And I punched him right in the face. Excellent. And I got, I, I got a round of applause and standing ovation. But did he have lightning coming out of his eyes? 
No. What if you discovered that he was actually like proper magic and he could rip you apart with his mind? Well, I'd probably be sorry for punching him in the you face. You would be sorry I? for that. Yeah. He might I'd... he might be playing a long game and you might not wake up tomorrow morning or you might wake up with your arms on the ceiling. That's a really weird image, isn't it? No, imagine that. That would be magic though, wouldn't it? You've gone too far the other way now with your <laughs> improv situations. You've gone from eye colour to arms on the ceiling. Yeah, I know, man. I'm all mm. over it. I think there's lightning outside, so I think it's doing my head in. I mean, I kind of... How do I feel about magic in films? I think I hate it. I think I hate magic in films <laughs> as much as I hate magic in real life. Mm, nah, there's room for magic in films. I think the best magic film is The Prestige, because it's all about... It's a good magic film. It, it's tricks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry, am I uh, keeping you up? Yeah, a little bit. But what, are, super, are superpowers magic? Yeah, which is why superhero films are gash. Is Lord of the Rings magic? Yeah, it's gash. You like that? I hate it now. like Lord of the Rings, shut up. Stupid. A dragon's magic? Gash. Dragons are great. Dragons are stupid. We should get a dragon on. Uh, we should get a dragon. Listen, any dragons lis- listening in? That would be great. I think you're gash. I think you're rubbish. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Right in. The thing, Do I it. Just, yeah, as you said, we did watch this film. We were due to talk about it. And I just, I really don't remember it that well, if I'm honest. There's no... That night, that hotel, just let me tell you this. Yeah, our flight was cancelled, right? At, at 6... 25 at night mm. so the airline put us in a hotel mm. which had the exact same name as another hotel yeah very close to the airport mm. so we spent about 40 minutes trekking through the airport you know airports are big yeah getting in the shuttle and we went to the hotel only mm. to be told this is the wrong hotel no. so we went back on ourselves back to where we originally started got in a taxi mm. taxi driver he took us back to the wrong <laughs> oh hotel. God. I'm not even joking. And the worst part was it was like he took us round the corner where we hadn't been. So we mm. got out of the taxi. Oh, amazing. Like, oh, this looks different. Mm. Turn the corner. No, this is the same. I was trying to be, I was toxically positive. My <laughs> wife was saying, this is the same hotel. And I was like, mm, maybe it just looks exactly <laughs> the same. So then we went back again and eventually got to the our actual hotel and had your taxi gone the taxi gone Did you have to get a new yeah taxi? he went oh god that's brilliant toxically positive is such that's a great I phrase w- i can totally imagine that i was yeah so that's i'm just i just don't really care about this film <laughs> do you know what it's interesting well i i imagine that you you would have something to say about the the action sequences yeah. which the com all the combat feels sadly now is really dated and yeah unimpactful Honestly, the the direction in general was awful. I like John Carpenter movies. Mm. I'm a massive fan of Halloween. I like Escape from New York. But the fight with the gangs, I'd had no idea what was going on. Like geographically, as we've talked about before, mm. it was a mess. It really was. Yeah, it wasn't good. And it also felt uh, really small. Yes. Like maybe the airport. Wasn't it? It was on yeah. shot on location. Yeah, that looked like an airport. Everything else was was clearly shot on the stage. Part of the charm of like James Bond films is they have six exotic locations. Yeah, and you just have that sense, and they always shoot on location, so you just have this sense of like the travel and yeah. it, that adds something big and grand. You know, it might not be a lot, but it adds something all the different locations. And, and I think whenever you watch a film that's all shot in, on a soundstage. 
just makes it feel kind of small and claustrophobic. And I remember you saying the same thing about uh, Batman Returns. Yeah. That was just sets, wasn't it? Whereas the first one... Yeah, I think Christopher Nolan Batman's a great example of... And Christopher Nolan films generally. Yeah. He, he will shoot on location a lot. Yeah. Always wearing a waistcoat and a scarf. Yeah, he wears a scarf, he wears a waistcoat. Can you even notice that he made Leonardo DiCaprio look exactly like him? in uh, Inception. But well, I didn't make him look exactly like him, did he? Because he's Leonardo DiCaprio. No, he's like a super handsome version. That would be like, you know, me dressing up Leonardo DiCaprio in a black band t-shirt and saying, oh, he looks just like me. <laughs> yeah. All right, f*** yeah. off then. <laughs> he tried. Yeah, he, he tried. tried. I see yeah. what you're saying. Um, there, was a, there was another thing that happened in Paris because mm-hmm. um, it was more interesting in this film. Disneyland Paris and there was a restaurant with like a diner mm. and the waiters and waitresses were on roller skates nice but my son my older son didn't realise and I'm saying this because you know in this film the, the villains kind of glide yes. through the air in a quite a terrifying way so they went and got our food and I look, I was looking at him and I saw he just looked terrified like his expression <laughs> he did all the colour drained from his face <laughs> Because across the restaurant, this waitress was just gliding towards us, yeah. carrying the tray. Yeah. And he, he had no idea that she was wearing roller skates. <laughs> yeah, that reminded me of that. Nice. I was just trying to think if there's... Because uh, I, I loved this film when I was a kid. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. This is one of those films which was like... just trying to think of other examples like The Goonies, where once you had it recorded on a tape that tape was no longer available for recording yes. on that this is the goonies tape that was written on the spine right yeah 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 this isn't you're not allowed to mess with this one now and i think because it had it, lots of shooting fights it goes yeah. along a, a fair clip mercifully it's not too long and it felt mm. kind of you know different so watching it now, yeah. uh, there was part. I think up until up until we got into the meat of it, I was still quite like it from a nostalgic point of view. Obviously, Kurt Russell was good. I liked the bounce he had with his mate. Yeah, but yeah, they just really now like there's no way you could get away with having like a Kim Cattrall character who's but who is what was she a lawyer? She yeah, she was like a lawyer, but she was really just there to, to move the like a dumb lawyer. Yeah, to move the story on. And she was awful. Yeah, she's she's not not good. She it? was rubbish. And you you love the Sex in the City franchise, don't you? Oh, it's my favorite. It's my most. Which favorite. which of the Sex in the City girls would you say you're most like? But the, uh... <laughs> see, I mean, see the difference, Ben. See the difference. <laughs> <laughs> you see the world of comedic possibilities opening up before you there, that is a question I never expected to be asked on this podcast it's all over your eye colour one doesn't it well, yeah, I, I, put, I put you on the spot I did put you on the spot yeah with a, with, I don't mind being put on the spot then but just give me give me something <laughs> give me something uh, to work with um, I don't know I don't type of Samantha aren't you oh um, I'm, I'm a full carry because you're you're Horse face? Yeah, because I've got yeah. a face like horse and I'm entitled. It's uh, it's so funny, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. I wondered if it was one of those things, like, you know, Monopoly was invented to show you, like, the ills of uh, capitalism, like the board game. But then it became this massive <laughs> success. And they're like, forget about that stuff. Um, let's just play this really fun game. And I wonder if Sex and City was like that, which is like, I wonder if it started yeah. out being, let's look at these horrible New York people and uh, shine a light on it. Then it became really successful and everyone liked them. They were like, 
shut up about that other stuff. I mean, I think you're giving them way too much credit. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Right, well, let's. what are you going to do with it? You're going to flush it away? You're going to yeah, of course. I'm going to flush it. it. Oh, let, me, let me do it. Uh, would you would you flush this film away like there's a bit with water? Um, <laughs> yeah. Kurt Russell. Uh, or would you fish it out like that old David man fished out a green-eyed bride from the airport? That was tough going, wasn't it? Flush it away. I'm very sad that didn't... You know, like Goonies, when you watch that now, yes, obviously it's a big nostalgia thing, but... Uh, it's very well made. It's well yeah. plotted. The characters yeah. are really well developed. It's not woke, no. but you know. No, no. Didn't show a uh, a person with learning difficulties in the way that they they show in that film. No, you wouldn't represent them in that way. But it's it's great. You know, it still it still holds up. Whereas this film just uh, got bored. And in fairness, like comedy doesn't age well. Action doesn't age well. So you, even cutting it that slack, the story was as you know she said pretty sort of muddled not particularly interesting anyway mm. um so yeah afraid to flush it what about you flush it all right so long big trouble in little china so it's time for our top five yay this week we're going to do top five kurt russell films aren't we and we um so we will take it in turns to guess each other's top five. The winner gets to choose next week's film. The loser has to do a forfeit. Now, last week, we it was a draw. That's right. Um, so, who goes first? Scissors, paper, stone, you for it? Mm-hmm. One, One two, two, three. Yes. Yeah, you got me. I got paper. Then I went for rock. So predictable. <laughs> What's your guess? The thing. Obviously. Was that a duplicate? It was a duplicate, yes. His best film? Yeah, easily. Uh, another duplicate? Breakdown. Yes. Yep. That's a really underrated film. A great film. Did we see that at the cinema? Yeah, I remember I became really obsessed with the guy in the trailer who goes, uh, are you the fellow who's looking for his wife? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you became him for a while, didn't you? I started uh, asking people if they're looking for their wives. Yeah. All right, one each. I will say this is a duplicate. Mm -hmm. Bone Tomahawk. Yes. Yes. The most stomach-turning film in the history of films. Absolutely horrendous. Okay, another duplicate. Tombstone? Uh, No. Okay. Do you not like Tombstone? Not seen it, mate. Not seen it. It's very good. (sighs) Not seen it. Okay. If I win this, it's all over if I get this one. Mm Mm-hmm. Probably will. Probably will, won't I? Usually win. Um, nom, 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 nom. Uh, Death Proof. No. Oh. No, that's boring. So boring. It is boring. Yeah, I don't like it, but um, you've got terrible taste, so I thought you would. You're one of those uh, people who uh, likes everything that Quentin Tarantino does. That is not true. Always going on about how brilliant he is. No, it's not. I don't like Death Proof. I didn't like it when I watched it, and I don't like it now. And actually, I, mean, I don't like you either. <laughs> it was really so, boring, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was just talking, and it was rubbish. So, like, like, two car chases in it. You know, you, like, you, think, you think, oh, Tarantino's clever. Maybe I missed something. And no. 
you realize, oh no, you just misfired and it was rubbish. Okay, Backdraft? Yes. Hey. Yeah, Backdraft. I, I saw it many, many years ago. I enjoyed it, I think. There's De Niro in it. De Niro's in it, yeah. Is that a Ron Howard joint? Ron Howard's Backdraft? I don't think so. Bloody is, mate. Bloody is. I don't think it is. But you feel pretty stupid now. Isn't it Backdraft? It is, yeah. All right. It's up to you, Eamon. Okay. This is a duplicate. Mm-hmm. Hateful Eight? No. Oh. See, I think that is a good Tarantino film. I like that one. So, all, hang on. All this Tarantino nonsense. Throwing you off the scent, wasn't I? Okay, so, oh. So you've said all your films. I've said all of mine. Yeah. Whereas there's one that hasn't been said for me. So I can't win. And you haven't said it. So I win. Yay. Yeah, okay, that does make sense. Does it? Yay. What was your other one? It was a gamble, but it paid off. Uh, my other one was Escape from New York. Oh, yeah. It wasn't really a gamble, was it? You let me you let me make a mistake. Don't try and, what do you mean you make, you don't try and sell yourself as some big-time gambler. You've locked into that victory. <sighs> anyway, you can win. Oh, I, can't, I can't take a loss. That's <laughs> just like, a, like oh, classic Ben there. Big gamble <laughs> paid off for me, I guess. That's not what happened. <laughs> You know how yeah. I roll. Yes, that's why they call me the ultimate gambler. I'm just always taking huge risks like that, like I just took. <laughs> I'm the high roller. <laughs> yeah. You are. I mean, you're always, you're always doing stuff like this. Remember that time you gambled your wife? Oh, that was, uh, that was a close call. You're always doing stuff like that. Thankfully, I won. Thankfully, you won. Oh, don't back me into a corner with my wife. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Again. But I mean, <laughs> you you gave me my wife's eye colour, and I gave you you gambled your yeah. wife. Yeah. yeah. Think of all all the opportunities yeah. that come up from that. It could have been anything. You could have been playing cards with like a you know international drug dealers. I had different yeah. colours. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it was more like you know why would you want. A wife with green eyes. Go on, give it your best shot. <laughs> I didn't... No, I, I asked the question. I didn't, you know... Yeah, another, <laughs> another big gamble that paid off. I'm a high roller. I mean, so it's all working out for you today, isn't it? I'm quite tired, Eamon. I'm all quite right. tired. Okay. Anyway... Okay, so Eamon, your forfeit is to befriend a truck driver mm-hmm. uh, via a, a two-way radio like Kurt Russell uses in the film. Oh, a piece of cake. Okay, good luck to you. And uh, last week, uh, it was a draw. Yeah. And uh, so we were going to do a challenge together, mm. um, which was to hunt and kill a human. Yeah. But then um, we subsequently found out that's illegal. You're not allowed to, to hunt and or kill people. So What? Yeah. It's illegal. Yeah, it's illegal. Ah. So we uh, we didn't do it. Also we can't we can't work together doing those things. It's bad enough doing doing the podcast. We we can't you can't make us work together doing other stuff as well. It's never gonna happen. Be like make, making a play. Yeah. I wanna be in a play. Okay, but we promise we'll do the next one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what are we watching next, Ben? We are going to be watching Copland, which is uh, came out in nineteen ninety seven. It starts. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of his. I think it was quite a big 
kind of comeback for Sly serious, uh, in a dramatic yeah, it was a very role. Serious film for him, wasn't it? And it was directed by by James Mangold, and it's got by James James Mangold. Mangold, yeah. It's got Sly in it. It's got uh, Harvey Keitel. It's got Ray Ray Liotta in it. It's got Bobby. It's got Bobby in it. It's got an insane cast. Edie Falco in it. It's got Peter Berg. Robert Patrick. Good Lord. It's heavily stacked. It's also got um, Tony Sirico. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Just save this a place in the tank of glory right now. Yeah. Might not hold up. Let's find out next time. Cool. Well, I'm tired. Yeah, my, my butt's gone to sleep. Let's wrap this up. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, a couple of things. So our, our man Ben, who's on the podcast with us, He's, uh, he's started his podcast again, uh, the Extreme Horror Replay podcast. So there's new episodes of that coming out, which is a treat. I could hardly recommend anything he does. That guy is a lovely man and very funny. He is lovely. And our friend Alex Robson, he's got a new podcast coming out, which is all about the Batman animated series. I can hardly not recommend anything <laughs> that guy does. He's awful. Just, oh, the worst. Yeah. So listen to no. those two. Alex, he's a lovely man as well. Um, Obviously. No, you said it. Of. You said it. I'm not. I'm not putting that. Can I not take it back? I'm, not, I've said I'm it. editing out that second part. And okay. uh, but yeah, listen to them. They're better than this. And uh, yeah, <laughs> come and come and see us next time. Find us on the social media. Be our friend forever. Yay. And uh, <laughs> and. Uh, That's it. Okay, right. Keep flushing. Bye.